Chapter 32 Cerro Verde National Park, El Salvador I was quite excited about leaving Guatemala and hitting another country, El Salvador, a country which I knew next to nothing about, except that it had a bloody civil war and still wasn't the safest place in the world. I wasn't sure if I could make it there in a day, but direct buses to Guatemala City left San Lucas very early, which gave me a good chance. Luckily I was the first on, after pushing an old lady out of the way, I could put my bag in the space behind the driver's seat. Three hours later I was dropped in a dirty street near a market in Guate. It didn't resemble a map that I'd copied out of my guidebook, so I decided to walk a little until I found some street names. I crossed several junctions of busy roads, but none of them had signs. Here was just chaos. I wasn't quite as nervous as my last time here, as there weren't so many dodgy people around, but I still wanted to find the bus company with services to El Salvador as soon as possible. We were soon on our way to the border, and I sat next to a nice old Salvadoreña grandmother who kept offering me bits of apple and other tasty morsels. At the border, lots of money changers and food hawkers crowded onto the bus. The men waved their huge wads of cash around, shouting, Change money! in my face, and the women and children tried selling cans of soft drinks which they carried in plastic buckets, and various foods which they balanced on their heads in a big plastic bowl. I tried to buy a piece of chicken and tortillas, but the woman didn't have any change, so three to four people in the seats around me all dug in their pockets for the money I was short. How kind. The woman selling me the food even threw in a few extra tortillas at no extra charge. Kind people always put me in a good mood. I hadn't even got in the country yet and I already loved the people. Getting across the border was very simple, although the immigration officials seemed a little confused by my passport. It took four of them about five minutes to decide how to deal with me. The woman asked me how long I wanted to stay, and when I said just una semana, just a week, she seemed a little bit put out. All the officials were very friendly and greeted me with a big smile. The bus was soon on the way again, and before I knew it we'd stopped by the roadside in a town. Looking at the map I couldn't believe that we were in Santa Ana already, and it was a lesson to me just how small the country was. I politely refused the taxi driver's offers of assistance and walked down the busy street lined with market stalls. I'd noticed immediately the difference in the people from Guatemala. The women weren't as chubby and wore much skimpier clothes. When three girls walked past a group of boys, the boys all made hissing sounds and said, Querico! They can't have been more than 12 years old and they all had hair slicked back and were chewing on toothpicks. I found the hospedaje San Miguel easily and walked past three chubby women in short skirts and heavy makeup lingering in a doorway. A young guy in a baseball cap was just checking in with a young lady and an old man with a smile on his face was walking out with another. I couldn't believe it, I was staying in a knocking shop. I took a little walk around town to get a feel for the place. It was a grid of old colonial houses painted all different colours. Even though it was the second largest town in El Salvador, it still had a nice small town feel to it. I saw no foreigners, and from the inquisitive looks I was getting, I don't think it's a top tourist destination. Everyone was so friendly though, and all greeted me with lovely smiles. I walked past the beautiful neo-Gothic church in the plaza and had a nice torta in a street-side cafe. Things closed early here and coming back outside after a few hours on the internet, the streets were deserted and I rushed back before my 9pm curfew. The Cerro Verde National Park was described in my guidebook as being one of the gems of the country. It was straightforward to reach by a two-hour bus direct to the gate of the park, the only problem being that it left at 8.30am and it was only possible to take a guided walk up Volcán Nizalco or Volcan Santa Ana, leaving at 11am. The late hour and the walking in a group was not conducive to birdwatching, and I had particularly low expectations for the day. 
Cerro Verde was a forested hill, rare in itself in El Salvador, with 95% of the habitat destroyed, between two smoking volcanoes of Itzalco and Santa Ana. We paid our dollar to get in and another dollar for a guided walk. Volcan Italco had been spewing lava until recently and has no vegetation at all, so I thought Volcan Santa Ana might have a few more birds. About 20 people joined the tour and we all set off, the guide in the front and two policemen with machine guns at the back. I've kind of grown used to seeing guns which are a common sight outside shops. And it did make me feel slightly safer considering the armed robberies used to occur on the volcano. The trail led down Cerro Verde before climbing up the side of Volcan Santana, where we crossed some private land and had to pay an extra 70 cents. Volcan Santana was really beautiful and was covered with huge succulent plants with thick leaves ending in nasty-looking spines. When they got to full size, they sprouted a ten-foot stem with pretty little flowers before shriveling up and dying. We had great views of Volcan Italco's perfect cone smoking in the distance and also of the whole western side of this tiny country right down to the sea. At the top we looked down the steep precipice into the crater, which had thick sulphur fumes coming out of the side. Birds had been practically non-existent on the way up, but it was still a pretty cool place to see. At the top we took a picture with a policeman and his machine gun, and looked down the other side at Lago de Cuatepeque, looking just like a smaller version of Lago de Atitlan in Guatemala. On the tour I met a nice German couple called Ulf and Teresa, and an English guy called James who I met before in Mexico. I decided to accompany the couple to Suchitoto, and we arranged to meet James in the plaza there the following night at 8pm. Isn't it wonderful how you can make arrangements like that in a foreign town that you've never been to before? <laughs>